Chapter 82 of The Queen's Necklace by Alexandre Dumas, translated by Henry L. Williams. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. A Dead Heart Andrea, continued the Queen, it looks strange to see you in this dress. To see an old friend and companion already lost to life is like a warning to ourselves from the tomb. Madame? No one has a right to warn or counsel your majesty. That was never my wish, said the queen. Tell me truly, Andrea, had you to complain of me when you were at court? Your majesty was good enough to ask me that question when I took leave, and I replied then as now, no, madame. But often, said the queen, a grief hurts us which is not personal. Have I injured any one belonging to you? Andrea, the retreat which you have chosen is an asylum against evil passions. Here God teaches gentleness, moderation, and forgiveness of injuries. I come as a friend, and ask you to receive me as such. Andrea felt touched. Your Majesty knows, said she, that the Tavernais cannot be your enemies. I understand, replied the queen. You cannot pardon me for having been cold to your brother, and perhaps he himself accuses me of caprice. My brother is too respectful a subject to accuse the queen, said Andrea coldly. The queen saw that it was useless to try and propitiate Andrea on this subject, so she said only, Well, at least I am ever your friend. Your majesty overwhelms me with your goodness. Do not speak thus. Cannot the queen have a friend? I assure you, madame, that I have loved you as much as I shall ever love anyone in this world. She colored as she spoke. You have loved me, then you love me no more? Can a cloister so quickly extinguish all affection and all remembrance? If so, it is a cursed place. Do not accuse my heart, madame. It is dead. Your heart dead, Andrea. You, so young and beautiful. I repeat to you, madame, nothing in the court, nothing in the world, is any more to me. Here I live like the herb or the flower, alone for myself. I entreat you to pardon me. This forgetfulness of the glorious vanities of the world is no crime. My confessor congratulates me on it every day. Then you like the convent? I embrace with pleasure a solitary life. Nothing remains which attracts you back to the world? Nothing. Mon Dieu, thought the queen, shall I fail? If nothing else will succeed, I must have recourse to entreaties, to beg her to accept Monsieur de Charny. Heavens, how unhappy I am! Andrea, she said, what you say takes from me the hope I had conceived. What hope, madame? Oh, if you are as decided as you appear to be, it is useless to speak. If your majesty would explain— you never regret what you have done? Never, madame. 
then it is superfluous to speak and yet i hoped to make you happy me yes you ingrate but you know best your inclinations still if your majesty would tell me oh it is simple i wished you to return to court never you refuse me oh madame why should you wish me sorrowful poor despised avoided by every one incapable of inspiring sympathy in either sex huh, madame and dear mistress leave me here to become worthy to be accepted by god for even he would reject me at present but said the queen what i was about to propose you would have removed all these humiliations of which you complain a marriage which would have made you one of our great ladies a marriage stammered andrea yes oh i refuse i refuse andrea cried the queen in a supplicating voice ah, no i refuse marie antoinette prepared herself with a fearfully palpitating heart for her last resource but as she hesitated andrea said but madame tell me the name of the man who is willing to think of me as his companion for life monsieur de charny said the queen with an effort monsieur de charny yes the nephew of monsieur de souffre it is he cried andrea with burning cheeks and sparkling eyes he consents he asks you in marriage oh i accept i accept for i love him the queen became livid and sank back trembling whilst andrea kissed her hands bathing them with her tears oh i am ready murmured she come then cried the queen who felt as though her strength was failing her with a last effort to preserve appearances andrea left the room to prepare then marie antoinette cried with bitter sobs oh mon dieu how can one heart bear so much suffering and yet i should be thankful for does it not save my children and myself from shame end of chapter eighty two recording by john van stan savannah georgia